welcome to Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. Uh, we are the organization that helps families suffering through the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by the ambitious angel mom herself today. Say hello to the people, Bryn. Hey, hey, hey. I guess I have to thank you for allowing me to come back in the room. Well, of course. <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> Whatever. You nailed these interviews. Okay. I have a good time. Just, you yeah. know, really kind of just shooting the shit. You Let's did. Be real. It was amazing. It was amazing. I have a good time. But I also have a good time shooting the shit with you. Oh, thanks, Bryn. <laughs> thanks. It's fun. Now, I couldn't believe your interview with, with Sharna. That was really that was really well done. You really crushed it. Oh, Philip, but thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Sharna You're welcome. has a lot of knowledge. She was super inspiring. I follow her and just watch, you know, her Instagram feed is really sure. what drew me to her is because she always posts really positive quotes and um, things to really help you turn your life around after yeah. loss. Yeah. And no offense to a lot of grief pages, but I think we get in the stereotype of like, it's all really down and doomy and gloomy. You know, we see that reoccurring all the time. Right. And I've been drawn to just more of the positive stuff where I'm like, well, that's what I want to see. And, and Sharna, that's all she posts is, you know, she's real and she's honest and she's raw, Mm -hmm. but she really tries to bring the uplifting and the hope. And that's what drew me to her is I was like, girl, this is what we need to be showing that, you know, moms or dads that have suffered a loss of a child, they don't have to be stuck there in that doomy, gloomy place forever, that there really is hope and you can live a good life again and you can be happy. And and seeing her like smiling posts and her, you know, uplifting life, it's inspiring because it really can show you guys that you don't have to be stuck in this horrible place forever, that like you really can get through your grief and we can overcome those challenges and, She's somebody that can help you do it. I want to be somebody that can help you do it. You know, I don't want people to think you're just stuck in this gloomy, horrible, horrible feeling forever. There really is hope and light at the end of the tunnel. And you can overcome, you know, you think that it's not possible. Yeah. I thought it was really neat. Uh, You know, she she definitely got emotional halfway through. So folks Mm -hmm. go back and listen to part one specifically. I was struck by how emotional she was still about her loss. Uh, yeah. And yet, uh, that podcast was built was filled with both that very deep emotion and then also hopefulness. So that was right. really cool. You can ha- you can live in you know both worlds. You have to live in both worlds. That's kind of what this podcast today is a little bit about. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that pain goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, we continue to say that that you know you're you're going to have to learn how to cope and go through daily life again, but know that you can live j- joyfully. You can have a fun great life again. Um, But yeah, it still will hit you every now and again and, you know, knock you off your feet. Um, And just, I think, adapting and learning how to deal with those times when they come and really surrounding yourself with with other positive people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's a mind shift change is what Sharna talked a lot about. And in my own personal journey, that's been huge for me too, is really changing your perspective um, forgiveness and acceptance and, you know, one baby step at a time moving forward to be happy again. Yeah. So I do think it's so possible you can live, you know, there's still that, that ache in your heart and that pain will never go away, but don't let that stop you from like courageously moving forward because you can be truly happy again. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was awesome. And, and I have to say, you, you did a good job interviewing. Oh, thank you. You. Got, you, you got yourself you got yourself a little future there. That was my first solo interview. That was guys. pretty good, pretty good. And you have another one next week. We'll talk I a little. We'll talk yeah. a little bit about that uh, later on the show. But uh, as I said, talking a little bit about what you and Sharna talked about, it does lead really well into this week's podcast, mm-hmm. which is really about forgiveness. But it's bigger than that. Um, it's about you know getting past some of the guilt, shame, anger toward. Uh, what happened in your life, who, however you lost your angel or that mm-hmm. someone close to you. And that is the power of forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiving somebody else and forgiving yourself, getting over a lot of guilt and shame. This is a topic you picked specifically. Can you tell folks what it is about this topic that uh, attracted you and why you wanted to do it? Yeah, um, you know, I see this surrounding me all the time, mm. not even with you know, necessarily a person that has lost a child. But I see people carrying, you know, anger and blame for other things that happen in their life, whether, you know, we all deal with challenges. So, you know, obviously this podcast, we talk a lot about child loss, but I was really thinking about it in my day-to-day life and who I surround myself with. And if I see somebody that's really hurting or angry, no matter what it is, it could be, um, you know, the loss of a job or, you know, a divorce or, you know, problems from their childhood that still reoccur as an adult. Um, Some of those feelings that they may be still carrying around with them also are encompassed in child loss because Mm. we're always carrying around um, blame usually and shame for whether we're blaming ourselves for the loss of our child um, or somebody else. You know, there's always, we're always looking for somebody to blame. And recently, I, I'm doing a Bible study with some friends, and um, this was a topic that we talked about. And oh, just, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so apparent to me that everybody deals with this in some way. We, yeah. No matter what our circumstances are, we always have something that we might be holding on to from the past. Um, and that that's not good. You know, that's really not healthy yeah. for, you know, our our thoughts. That's not healthy for our daily living to get back to a good, healthy place. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is being able to forgive Mm -hmm. whoever you're blaming, whether it be yourself or somebody else. Um, Because obviously that blame can turn into shame and anger, uh, resentment, bitterness. And believe me, I have been there, folks. I have been there where I have become a a really angry, bitter person. Mm. Um, and those aren't moments that I've been proud of, but it's also been able to allow me now to look back and say, wow, I've come a long way. Yeah. Because not even necessarily blaming anybody for my loss, just other things in life. You know, I kind of had s- some rough times in my childhood growing up as well that I've, I think, manifest into anger over, you know, my adulthood life yeah, and then suffering a loss, they all kind of piled into one another. Wow. Um, and this isn't something I like to share or admit, but you know, during my grief journey, I took a lot of anger out on my husband Yeah, because he's yeah. the closest person to me. And you know, I'm not, those are moments I'm not proud of. Right. Um, but really why I wanted to talk about this is because when I, when I put it all on a map for myself to watch my journey over the last, you know, six years of my loss and where I started at point A and where I am now, 
I know that I'm not finished and I have a long way to go. Like I'm still a work in progress, Yeah. but I've come so far and it was like a really proud moment and not to mention people around me. So like, you know, my friend Cassie, who was involved in the accident with my daughter, mm-hmm. we're very close. We do this Bible study together. We share some deep stuff, you know, and yeah. that's been really cool too, because I've watched her journey and her transformation from where she started and where she is now. And we're both able to live a really good, happy life and feel healed um, and not carry blame and shame anymore. Um, We're not angry anymore and or bitter. And those are all things that I think we both experienced along this road. So I hate to speak for her, but I just I know that, you know, we've both had those feelings where you feel that shame and that guilt Mm -hmm. and to be able to finally live happily and let that go. I want everybody to experience that. Right. And especially when I get to witness it with others around me, not only just her, I mean, other friendships um, and family members that I've seen, you know, put the work in and really, I guess, give it to God and, um, and do the work to heal and let go of the past and have a mind shift change. Mm -hmm. It is just so powerful. You guys, I mean, that's why I wanted to talk about it. It's like, watching magic happen and it just happened one step at a time. Yeah. It's not like it's, you know, an instant gratification. You yeah. have to really put that work in, but watching the other people around me that have put the work in too and yeah. see where they are today yeah. versus where they were when they started in their grief and shame and anger and pain. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. I want everybody to know it's possible. Yeah. I have a getting real question. Oh yeah. Yeah. So getting real with it. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason why I think you, you have been featured, not a lot of people, I'm, I'm sure lots of people know this, but not everyone knows this. You've been featured, your story's been featured in Glamour Magazine. You were on Dr. Phil. We <laughs> have personally in this in this office received at least four or five different magazines or, or, or news publications actually reach out to you. And I think part of the attraction of the story is... Um, and I, and you said that there are varying levels of comfort with, when it comes to Cassie, especially of always sharing this story. But one of the most incredible pieces of it is the fact that you guys are still friends because certainly I think people imagine, put themselves in the place that you guys were at and then put themselves in your spot. And they don't think that they have the strength within them to make that move of forgiveness. I'll, I'll be honest with you there's a piece of me that wouldn't, right? Was it like that for you from the beginning with Cassie or getting real? Did you find yourself being angry at Cassie along the way a little bit uh, before you could actually get to that spot of forgiveness? No, 100% honesty. I never, ever felt blame to her or anger. Yeah. Um, It was instant blame of myself. Like, Really? Right yeah. like right away. So you beat yourself up more than almost anybody else around you in your universe besides your husband. Well, yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. But um no, I was 100% mad at myself. I wow. mean, how did I not know where she was? That's I'm her mother. I should always know where she is. Yeah. Um and it took, you know, a split second of being distracted. And let me tell you, I've carried around anger towards myself forever, wow. you know, for a long time and being able to finally I guess release that and just truly accept that I know it was a horrible mistake. Um, that's really hard to do. Absolutely. And I know 
I know Cassie faced the same feelings, you know, and I think we both, I'm glad that we had faith instilled in us and I'm glad that we had each other because I do think it's really challenging on both sides to remain friends, yeah, to, to get through um, really the grief and the pain together and and also be able to transform into decent, happy human beings again. Yeah. Because uh, let me tell you, I know both of us thought it was never possible, you know? And Really? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, we still talk about that. Like, wow, I just, you know, I get emotional even like thinking about how how sad and broken we were yeah. at that time. I mean, like we were both so, so broken, which is so understandable. And I know that our listeners know that feeling, you know, if you've suffered the loss of a child or been, you know, involved in an accident in some way like that. And there's so many things in our lives that can make you feel that way. Yeah. Um, just, just know that like, don't give up hope because there really is a beautiful life ahead of you. And yeah. you just have to, to know that, like you really have to make that mind change and, and be certain of it in your heart that like, I know my life is not over. I know that things will get better and put the work in and you can't run forever. I mean, you can completely absorb yourself in work to try to forget about it. You can completely absorb yourself in, you know, medications, Mm -hmm. alcohol, Mm -hmm. um, toxic things, the longer you run from it, the the longer it will take for you to start healing. Right. Yeah. And and that's what I learned the hard way. And I don't think I did it the wrong way. I don't think there's a wrong way or a right way. But I think I didn't start seeing progress in myself uh, till I actually slowed my life down a little bit and started to just sit in my grief. You don't want to get stuck there forever, but unfortunately... You need to pass through that. You world. have to actually yeah. slow down long enough to be like, well, this is really what it's about, huh? Yeah. Like this sucks. Yeah. I hate it. But you really have to put the work in to feel better. Yeah. And guess what? Each day you feel a little bit better. Yeah. And a little bit better. And then there'll be times that you get knocked on your ass again. Yeah. But you can always pick up tomorrow. Tomorrow's a fresh day and a fresh start. Yeah. Is how I always look at it. Yeah. Um That's awesome. Yeah. Do you find that you and Cassie actually um, have deeper relationship and deeper conversations than maybe you had before? Or is it, is it, are you happy that you're just back to the way it was pre? Uh, We have such different conversations than we ever did before. Really? So it is, so it is like a different. No, it's deeper. She's more of like a family member to me. Yeah. Like just, yeah, I mean, I. I know without a doubt she's somebody I could tell anything to. Yeah. Any thought that I might think somebody else would think I was crazy, I could tell her. And I know that she's not ever going to come from a place of judgment yeah. or like, you're crazy. Yeah. Um, we do have like that, a weird connection. Yeah. We've been through something really that nobody should ever have to go through yeah, yeah, yeah. together. Yeah. Um, but it has made us extremely close in a, in a different way, you right. know? Right. And I love having that with her. Yeah. And actually I, (laughs) I thank God for our friendship and our relationship all the time because, um, she's inspired me like just to be a better person and keep going. And, um, I love that our boys are friends and that we get to watch them grow up together and they've been through something tragic together, you know? And again, 
backtrack to right after the accident, I mean, I never thought that I was going to be able to be a stable enough mom to, like, be there for my son. Yeah. I was like, wow, I'm just a hot mess forever. You right, know? right. And I think she probably felt the same way. Yeah. Um, and we had to encourage each other along the way of, like, that's not an option. Yeah. You know, like, it is not an option to fail. Like, we have got to get it together. Yep. And um, just seeing, like, who our boys are now and seeing who Cassie is and who I have become and we all, you know, are happy in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. It's just... It's really beautiful. That's pretty awesome. And I just, that is all I wanted to offer people is that I have a true testimony that it is possible to live again and and be happy and genuinely happy. I mean, it's not that like challenges aren't going to ever occur in my life again or um, that you're not going to have a bad day, but I really do think um, you just, I guess, learn to appreciate the small things yeah. And it is possible. So I just don't sit in your anger and your resentment forever. I mean, you have to go through those those phases when you're grieving, and that is normal, and that is natural. Find somebody that will love you, even if you're mean to them. <laughs> <laughs> like, like your husband yeah, or yeah, your yeah. wife. Um, it is really hard to get through that, you know. Yeah. After you suffer the loss of a child, they say that a lot of couples don't make it. Right. And um, your divorce rates go sky high and a lot of people don't make it through that but you know i'm not going to say it was easy me and my husband made that agreement pretty much on day one um because pastor jim ford said hey guys this isn't going to be easy you have to make a commitment right now if you guys are going to get through this together because it'll be the hardest thing you've ever done wow and we both looked at each other and i was like well i don't really we don't really have a choice like you're the only person that is going to be here for me and i'm going to be the only person here for you really, realistically, that understands that we both just lost our daughter. Yeah. And, yeah, thankfully he put up with me being angry. And, yeah. and you know, and I think him angry too. There was yeah. times where he's been very angry with me. So, yeah. and those hurt. They cut you like a dagger, you know, yeah. to the heart when you know that you've been the one that has made your spouse that angry. Yeah. Um, or he's blaming me or, you know, whatever. And, Believe me, those were really hard times. Yeah. Um, and I had to do a lot of praying and a lot of healing and one foot in front of the other. But, you know, find a therapist to talk to. Talk to a really close friend or talk to your spouse about things that are going on if you can, you know. Um, but just know that you don't need to give up. There's a lot of beautiful things out there and beautiful days ahead. Yeah. You have a, you have said a phrase off the air and on it now that I think is uh, really important. And I think we should, we should hit on it a little bit mm-hmm. because I think it's important for life, period. Mm-hmm. The phrase is put the work in. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what you mean by that. It's so much work, guys. <laughs> um, but you know how, I mean, I was always filled with fear to actually feel this pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the first three years after Rowan passed away, I spent my time consumed and raised for Rowan, really diving and working, and it made me feel better to help other people, knowing that we were making a difference in helping other people. Yeah. So that was really great. Um, what I started to realize after about three years is I was putting the work into other people, but not myself, yeah. not my own healing. Yeah. Um, so 
I started to basically break apart and Ugh. crumble, you know, because I'd been holding it together by a thread those three years. Just, yeah. I don't have time to go to therapy. I don't have time to, you know, go to the gym and spend an hour by myself. I don't have time to do this or that or that to work on my personal healing. I was only consumed with helping other people heal. Yeah. How can I help other people when I'm not even healing myself? Right, right, yeah. Um, and, and what that slowly started to do was rear its ugly head in my daily life where I wasn't, um, I wasn't happy at work. I, you know, because I was emotionally drained and yeah. I wasn't emotionally stable to be consuming myself and other people's grief at that time. Yeah. Um, I was drained when I'd be home with the kids. Um, I was drained when it came to, you know, having one-on-one time and talking with my husband. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was fearful to slow down and honestly put the work in. It wasn't until I really felt like I was caving and I was so mentally d- drained and depressed. I felt like I was starting from, from day one again. Wow. So all that, so all that work you thought you were putting in. It wasn't was for, totally misdirected almost. Right. Yeah. I was being very productive. Yeah, you were helping others. It was productive helping other people, which yeah. is great. Yeah, I mean, of it, course. It's, it's very healing in its own way and therapeutic. Yeah. But I definitely had ignored Your um, own. that I needed to slow my life down to put the work in on my on my own time. Yeah. Um, I've talked about this before, but I was on antidepressants for the first three years after Rowan passed away. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I definitely needed them, and it was definitely something that helped, I guess, take the edge off um, of the pain at that time. But let me tell you, folks, when I went off of them after about the three-year mark, I felt, again, like I was starting over from day one. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? This is what I have to deal with? Yeah. Like, this is my life now? Yeah. Oh, I was so pissed. I was so angry that, you know, I hadn't really, I guess, accepted that this was my actual life, that I had lost a daughter, um, you know, I was exhausted all the time. I was so mad, and that comes into, I had to really go through those feelings of anger, uh, bitterness, and just get through my grief and, like, use any kind of tools that I could find uh-huh. to slow down and feel those before I start moving forward. Yeah. And guess what? I mean, it, it takes some time, and there's no... There's no timeline of everybody's grief is different. You know, some people can really put the work in in that first year and I think come a long way. Um, and then some people, you know, it takes a lot longer. And I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. I think it's whatever, you know, your grief is your grief. It's yeah. nobody else's. Yeah. So what works for me isn't going to work for, for you. Yeah. But I'm just saying you really do have to go through those moments of pain and mm-hmm. just go through them with, with courage and lead one foot in front of the other and, you know, consume your, yourself in the things that make you feel better. You know, consume yourself with reading, you know, uplifting books or books about grief or, you know, make that appointment to go to your first therapy session. Um, get that gym membership so you can get an hour in every day of just you time. Yeah. Um, those are the things, you know, that helped me mm-hmm. and find what works for you. Because once you start putting that work in and you can find a little bit of joy here and there in your day, you will magically start seeing results. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the other piece of this, which is is the guilt piece. Mm. Uh, so you have mentioned this numerous times on the podcast. There is a, sometimes a little bit of guilt 
when you actually begin putting in the work and you do actually feel moments of joy uh, that you're like, oh, wow, I'm, should I be feeling this? Um, how many times did that happen to you? And, and how did you find yourself slowly but surely kind of getting away from that? Yeah, I think guilt, that's just a natural thing that, you know, obviously comes with blame. Yeah. So who are we blaming? I was blaming myself. So, of course, I was going to be carrying around guilt. And I think as a parent that has lost a child, even if you aren't the one blaming yourself, you probably still carry a lot of guilt on mm-hmm. your shoulders. It's just like a natural reaction that we're going to have, right? Yeah. We're, we're parents. We feel guilt all the time if we feel like we failed as a parent in some yeah. way. Um. So I do think that's natural to feel that way, but I, I faced that for quite a few years, um, and it still wants to creep in sometimes. And I have to tell myself, that is not what Rowan would want from me. Yeah. That is not what your loved one wants you to feel. I know for a fact that our loved ones are still with us. They, you know, are walking with us every day. And I think about setting a good example. Is Rowan going to want to sit and be watching me consumed in my own guilt and grief that I can't even be a happy, live a happy functional life again yeah. and not a happy parent for, you know, her siblings that are here. Right. Um, no, they don't want that. Yeah. They, they don't ever want us to feel blame or guilt or yeah. carry that around. And honestly, if you're still carrying that around, it's impossible to move forward. You have got to find a place that you can let it go. Yeah. Um, you just have to let it go or you will never move forward. And um, it is so hard to do that. And you feel like, are they going to be mad at me? Do they think I'm over it if, I, if I'm if i not, you know, carrying this guilt around? No, right. they don't think that. Like they, yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm up in heaven asking them, but I just know in my heart and without a doubt, yeah. your loved one, especially when they're, you know, up in heaven, I, I think up in heaven watching us, they want us to live a magical, happy life again. And I really, I look for Rowan for guidance. And, you know, when I spend the time to like connect with her and, and pray or talk out loud to her, I really do feel in my heart that I'm being told like, you know, you have more to do here. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm here. Yeah. And, you know, um, is to make a difference. Yeah. And I have to live a happy life myself and let go of the guilt and shame and the blame to help other people. Yeah. And, um, and just be a good parent for, you know, my kids and a good wife for my husband. And just, you can't sit in that, in that guilt forever. It's just, it's not worth it. It doesn't get you anywhere. Right. And then what does that guilt manifest into? It just triggers more bad feelings. Right. And it seems like you would lose people along the way that maybe didn't need to be lost. Like you have talked about before, uh, one of the things that, that, um, the passing of a loved one does, as it did at least it did for you, is you shed a lot of relationships that maybe weren't weren't necessarily healthy because you're finding room for the people. You only have a finite amount of energy anymore. Oh, right. So, like, you, you are around that. But it seems like um, that guilt, if you're killing yourself every day, mm-hmm. you are losing maybe people close to you that, you know, you, oh, well, yeah. you don't want to lose. Right. Well, I mean, your energy is so drained, right? We're all exhausted when we're going through this grieving process because it takes a lot of our energy. And um, I think if you don't do the work to like actually research, you know, symptoms and, you know, the triggers and all those things, which I did, I, I kind of found it, 
found it interesting to at least try to educate myself on what I was going through so I could hopefully figure out ways to tackle it and, yeah. and get through it. But um, yeah, you don't, you find that you really have limited energy and your energy needs to go into yourself yeah. to actually get through a day and heal. Yeah. And the rest of your energy goes into what, you know, what your priorities are. And that's typically your immediate household and, you know, your work life. Yeah. And that's legitimately that's all, I all had. the energy yeah, you have. That is all the energy you have. <laughs> and um, when I did have, times where I would get together and do social stuff. I mean, I would be drained for forever. Yeah. I mean, for like weeks after. Yeah. um, You know, it's not that way anymore. Now I'm back to, I would say my social butterfly self. Yeah. I mean, but for years, I just did not have the energy to do it. Yeah. And that's really hard to explain to people that haven't experienced grief. Right. um, That I'm just not, I would just say I'm just not feeling up to it. Yeah. And you know what? The people that support you will understand that. They will want to support you that you don't need to put yourself in any situation that you might just not be up for or physically drained from after. So, um, and I still have times where I, where I don't, and I have to actually really think like, is this going to lift me up or, or drain me? Um, and so if it's an event that, that would drain me, I maybe give myself a time limit, like, Hey, I'm just going to swing by. I've got a lot to do or. I just say, hey, I can't make it today. Yeah, I still do that because you really have to evaluate your time yeah. and what's going to lift you up and surround yourself with those people that are positive influences and going to bring you, you know, laughter right. because that right. is the best medicine, right? right? You know, hang out with the people that are funny and yeah. make you laugh and yeah. that you have a good time with. And um, that's been a good a good source for me yeah. is definitely to hang out with people that lift me up and inspire me and make me happy and... Yeah. Don't waste your time going to things that you dread doing. Just right. don't do them. <laughs> right. We should do that. <laughs> anyway. Norm, anyway. Yes. Right? Everybody should right. do that. Like yeah. that is not just like, oh, I've lost my child, so I shouldn't do anything. I don't want to. No. If right. you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Yeah. Stop with the perfunctory friendships. You are Have driving real your own ones. bus. That's right. That's my, right. My therapist once said, you are driving the bus, <laughs> your own bus. Like yeah. you can yeah. choose what passengers you want to let on. Yeah. And you can choose to just shut the door if you don't want that passenger on your bus. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's not a great analogy. That is a great analogy. So, like, I now picture myself driving a bus. That's awesome. Like, am I going to stop at that party? I don't think so. <laughs> hey, guys, that's when I get nerdy yeah. and I talk about driving a bus. That's awesome. Uh, is there anything else you you want you kind of want to hit on to, to talk a little bit about? Um, the power of forgiveness, of forgiving yourself, or the amount of work that goes into that and... And, you know, um, the power of, like, shedding some of that that guilt. Is there anything else you want folks to know? You know, I think we hit a lot of good topics, Philip. But, you know, I just want you guys to remember you are only hindering yourself if you don't put the time into your healing. And you are only holding yourself back if you are carrying blame towards yourself or blame towards somebody else and you're carrying around any guilt um, you have to be in control of your own thoughts. And I think, again, it's natural to go through those feelings, but don't stay stuck there forever. You know, sit through those as long as it takes, you know, and feel those feelings, but remember that it's okay to move forward. And, you know, look back to where you started on day one of your grief journey and where you are now and look at what you've accomplished. That's awesome. You may not be finished. We will never be finished, but guess what? Look how far you've come. And that is what I hope gives you inspiration yeah. to keep putting one foot in front of the other because we are making moves every day. And 
I mean, it's it's a long journey. Yeah. But keep going. Yeah. So don't give up. Let go of that that resentment and anger. Um, you know, get it out. Go talk to a therapist. It really yeah. helped me. Um, write it out. You know, if you don't want to talk it out, write it out. Yeah. And um, and and keep going. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great spot to end. We are all beautifully unfinished. <laughs> yes, we are. We're a fun. work in progress. Yes, we're all a work in progress. That's an excellent spot to end. Um, want to thank you for opening up about all that different about forgiveness and guilt and and uh, especially the Cassie stuff because I know that you know sometimes that's that's a hard spot to go to. Um, for sure. Uh, so that's that is this week's podcast. Who is next week? You have a guest. You get to you get again to shut me out, lock the door, and uh, who are you talking to next week? Uh, Summer Gordon. She is uh, also a mama who has lost, uh-huh. um, but a new author. So she has a book to share with us, and awesome. you know, really her experience, and you know, share shine a light on her child and. Yeah, can't wait to talk to Summer next week. Yeah, that's great. We have got we have been having some pretty amazing guests. I know it's been pretty awesome. Power uh, of um, power of Instagram because that's how I find yeah. these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really neat to yeah. connect through it's social media. Cool. It's I pretty mean, cool. That is one of my favorite things about social media is that we can really find yes people anywhere all over the world. Yeah, it's not all doom us. and it's not all doom and gloom out there. There mm-hmm. are actually people who are pretty amazing to connect with. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Well, uh, that is that is this week's podcast uh, on forgiveness and and trying to shed a little bit of that, trying to 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 live your life getting rid of some of that guilt and shame and how to put the work into it. Want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, as usual, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you have. Uh, share this podcast with as many people as you think need it. There are lots of folks going through these things, lots of folks feeling these specific feelings. And yeah. I think messages like this are really important for them to know. Um, so make sure to do that. And if you want to, you can even take a few minutes to leave a review because the more you review, oh, yeah. the higher we get into the podcast rankings. Cool. So uh, Bryn, thank you for letting me back in. Thanks for joining me, Philip. It was great to have you in my office today. I appreciate that. The reason why I've called you in is because we're going to do a podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so uh, tune in next week when Bryn has yet another uh, amazing, hard-hitting interview with one of our very special guests. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. We will talk to you next week. See you later. See you later.